0: thanks worship team. It's good to gather together to worship with you all today. And uh, today I'm excited to introduce to you our guest speaker here at chapel, uh, Drew Zilke. Uh, Drew is the pastor of Hope Community Church in Columbia Heights. He and his wife Kelly have two daughters. Um, And he would tell you his daughters call him Big Papa, but you can call him Drew. Would you welcome to the stage with me, uh, Drew Zilke. All right, my uh, 14-year-old, I said, what should I do to introduce myself? They want me to write a little introduction, and she said, tell them that we call you Big Papa. (laughs) Like, I do not want a room full of people calling me Big Papa. That is not appropriate, so that's all. That's all she had. I said, what are some things that you'd encourage me with? You know, I thought maybe it was a cool chance for a 14-year-old to say, oh, Dad, like, this is Drew, and he's smart, and he loves Jesus. No, just we call you Big Papa, so uh, that's it. This is my family here. This summer, we had the chance to uh, head to Chicago. We took our girls for the first time. We just hung out around downtown for a few days. Uh, This is a bit of how our life looks. Uh, On the right there is Zoe. She's 14, she's a sophomore. We're starting to get mail already for college. So, um, Northwestern's on our list, though. So, I don't know who's in charge of scholarships, but she would be interested <laughs> if the money was right. Uh, my wife is there, I left Kelly, and in the middle is Zariah, and this tends to be her posture more than <laughs> not at our house. Uh, she is in seventh grade. Uh, we had a great time uh, uh, hanging out in Chicago. Um, I was excited, I'm really excited to be here. I I know of uh, I've got to come hang out here. I know some of you, um, I've had many friends, uh, go to Northwestern and we live in Columbia Heights, which is just down the road, just 10 minutes, uh, west of here. Um, and so we love this place we actually, sometimes I come in here just to like hang out cause it's beautiful. Uh, actually one time I got, I got kicked out once one of your security guards found me and, uh, enjoying the trees <laughs> and he got me out of here. Um, I did call a friend this week and I said, uh, I said, hey, I get to talk. He works with college students at his church. And I said, hey, I get to talk to um, really excited students at Northwestern. And uh, I said, what, what would you encourage me? Like, what would be the thing to encourage them with? And he said, say dope a lot. And that was it. That was his only encouragement. So I abandoned his advice. And I'm just going to tell you a little story about why we started a church three and a half years ago. And hopefully encourage you uh, in maybe what it looks like to bring joy to your city, or your town, or your friend, friends, or your neighbors, um, and this is really our story of how we uh, discovered and uh, continued to try to bring joy to our city in Columbia Heights. So I'm just going to tell you that story, and a little bit what we've learned, and what God's taught us in the midst of that for the next few minutes. Uh, this is a group of people, this is the first Sunday that we met as a church, uh, and this was in Highland Elementary School in Columbia Heights. Uh, and this is a fantastic group of people who met for uh, months before this, praying and getting ready and excited uh, to plant a church. And this is just in an elementary school gym. Uh, we met there for just six weeks until COVID uh, sent us home. And so then we, our church was online. We were an online church for over a year. Um, and uh, in that time, God actually grew us. When we finally met again, we meet in the high school now in the auditorium, it's, it's a lot nicer than high elementary school gym. Uh, we had like more people. So God somehow in the midst of that blessed us as we figured out how to still be people who follow Jesus together uh, during the pandemic. And um, uh, these are people who I love dearly. Uh, many of these people are still here three and a half years later, uh, and we are still meeting to, to worship Jesus and try to bring joy to our city. This passage, I'm going to share just a few passages with you that are pretty core to like the heart of what... Uh, changed us and motivated us. Um, probably none of them are real new, uh, but they're really encouraging. This is, a, this is a moment in the book of Acts, and this is a, a foundational kind of story for us, and we see ourselves uh, continuing this kind of tradition that the church has had way back. And so in the book of Acts, this is in chapter 8. Uh, there's persecution going on in church. Stephen was just stoned to death, and uh, a guy named Saul, who eventually writes a bunch of the New Testament, is going around killing, pulling people out of homes. Uh, it's pretty wild, and people become scattered. So Christians get kind of sent to different places, and through God's grace, it's cool. He uses that every every time. And so this is just a moment. This is one little story in the Book of Acts, and I love it because it really shares. This is like all of our missions. Uh, and so let me just read this to you. This is, this is Acts 8, 4 through 8. Uh, and for us, one that we held on to as we decided to start a church in our, in our town. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to a city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did... They are listening to him, right? Because things were happening. There's something going on there. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had, um, who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And this is it. This verse, like every time, still like a little goosebumpy. So there was much joy in that city. So, quick uh, overview Philip went, he got sent to this place. God sends him there, he tells them about Jesus the people notice, and they're healed. Now spiritually, darkness gets pushed out. Uh, physically, like illness gets pushed out. People are healed. People who couldn't move before now can move. People who are not, uh, spiritually, who are dead are now alive. And not only that, but these, these spirits shriek. They, they cry out because they can't handle the power of Jesus. And now that happens, and then this great, great verse. So there was much joy in that city. So in reading this, uh, uh, it gave me this, uh, it, this heart. I had read this many times, but in the process of considering planting a church was like, that's what I want. This is when I walk down my street, when I go to my favorite restaurants, when I hang out with friends, when I take my kids to school. This is what I want for people in my town. I want to see great joy in my city. Not just like I want people to be happy or feel good. I want like gospel, like Jesus, capital J, joy, changed people in my city because Jesus has done that so I want to just take you on a journey here a little bit of what that means what that looks like what we've learned uh and then encourage you with just three things that what it looks like maybe to be someone who brings that kind of joy um and so I'm gonna use some pictures this is a little uh I love this right now I don't know if anyone has this it's a kid's bible but not really it's for adults too uh this has been like just killing I love it uh, the images are so beautiful in here. Don Clark, who does these, is a amazing artist. So I'm just giving a little side note. Props to this. Check out Don Clark. Check out this Bible. If you don't, I'm gonna use images from it. I didn't make these. I'm not even close to this good. Don is though. So he made these cool images. So this is this is my this image captures the, what we wanted. This is what if you said, hey, why are you planting? Why are you guys willing to like sacrifice and give up, leave the community that you're in and uh of of church and and do this risky thing meeting in school it's uncomfortable it's a lot of work this is why because we want to see people who are living in darkness move to people who live in great light and have great joy so here's a few of the things that we learned along the way uh and that have been uh like kind of foundations nothing new but just foundations reminders this is from luke this is something jesus says to his disciples uh, actually to a group of people, his disciples, and people who are, uh, think they kind of have it all together uh, and, and think like, we figured it out. We got all the right things. We're very religious. We're like g- the good religious people. And Jesus is hanging out with sinners and they're questioning him. Why would you hang out with these sinners? And he says this to them. Those who are well have no need of a physician. but Those who are sick, I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. He says, you've heard versions of this, Right? Jesus comes for the sick, right? Sick need a doctor, those who are well are not. He's not saying like, well, you're well, so I'm not coming for you. He's trying to help them see like, we're all sick. We're all sinners. We've all turned from God and turned to our own things. And we've not put our hope in the one thing that actually fixes all things. It actually really brings eternal joy. And we see Jesus do this over and over in different ways. Here's some Great pictures here. We've seen Jesus do this by rebuking Satan out of people's lives. We've seen this do this where Jesus comes and feeds thousands of people through miracles. He's actually acting out this idea of like great abundance. He's the one who can bring great abundance and actually feed us, not just physically, but like feed our souls. He's the one who heals the man who can't walk and not just heals his legs, but forgives him, like heals his heart. He's the one who casts out demons, from a man who was left alone outside a town who, who seemed like ha- had no hope. It was the like, picture of darkness. He's the guy who everyone probably was like, at least we're not that guy. And he casts the demons out of him. The demons scream, kind of like we just saw an Acts, run away into some pigs and run into the ocean. Jesus not only casts out, heals these physical needs, he heals these deep spiritual needs. Uh, he's a God who comes, and he's the only one who comes for the sick. And so we were very moved by our city has a lot of people who are sick and we're people who are really sick. And we've seen Jesus change our lives. We've seen him heal us. We've seen him uh, change our brokenness in all categories and make us more whole. And whoa, I can't wait to tell my neighbor that. And what does that look like? It looks like us moving in and being in this community and getting to share that with them and hopefully see great joy come to people's lives because we point them to the one who actually changes lives. Well, that leads me to this passage in 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> in the process of that, at times we were feeling ourselves, as we were thinking about this, uh, feeling like we were just gonna do things or act in a way around people where we were like, Jesus is awesome! And people felt like they couldn't say like, my life is hard. And they were feeling the tension of that and they were feeling the tension of like, I actually know my neighbor and I've known him a long time and they know like, what sinners we are at our house. Like a, a friend said, my neighbors have heard me yelling at my kids. Uh, like I've yelled loud enough. I think they know I yell at my kids. N- not okay, but I- they know it. So I don't know how to like tell them Jesus brings joy when they've seen me in like my worst. And so we're reminded of this passage that actually in that, I think we can bring real joy to people. So this is from 2 Corinthians. This is a verse that we hold on to as well. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body of, uh, always carrying in the body of death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. That's, a, that's like a wild one to think about. We are carrying the death of Jesus with us in our bodies. And then because of that, people get to see the life, the change that Jesus actually makes in our bodies. So actually, my friend, I say, your neighbor hearing you yell at your kids is fantastic. Not really. Like, I wouldn't, as your pastor, I wouldn't probably encourage you to yell at your kids. But it's, because guess what? You get to talk to your neighbor on the yard, and he'll say, "Well, your kids are wild, huh? I heard some... Maybe yelling, I don't know. Uh, And you say, yeah, I lost it. My kids are just disobedient and I am so angry and all I want, I want to have control of my life and I want them to make my life comfortable and the kids don't do that. And I'm just feeling all these things and it came out in anger. And man, I'm so glad Jesus forgives. I'm so glad I'm forgiven in that and I can be restored in that. Like your neighbor's gonna get to see, hey, I'm broken too, I'm sick too, do you know there's a doctor that fixes me, that has a cure for that? Which is really good news. That's what's going to bring joy to a neighbor because he's going to go, oh, I'm broken too. If I went like, I wasn't yelling, the TV was loud. You misheard it, right? This is actually, this is incredible. This is what we see Philip do. He goes there and doesn't say, hey, everything's awesome, right? There's not like a Lego song that breaks out. He says, I'm carrying with me death. You, you feel it, right? Everyone who feels it right now weariness, brokenness, death. And he says, I am carrying that with me. And while I carry that, I get to show off God because he also is going to show the life of Christ. Someone goes, look at that broken person. Wow, there is like a joy in that person. And I don't know where it comes from. It must come from somewhere else. So as we continue thinking about this, this sickness and Jesus bringing this and changing us, and it's in our brokenness and our weariness, it actually brings about real true gospel picture and the joy that comes not through us, but through the one who actually brings us life is manifested in our bodies. It brings us to a passage too that we were feeling uh, the weight of. Uh, This is a very core passage. At at Hope, um, uh, our church was planted, uh, our main church was planted a long time ago, over 25 years ago, and... Um, This is like the passage that led that church in the beginning um, and still leads our our church planting efforts. Uh, And so we were starting to feel, okay, we feel that there's darkness in our city. We want to see it pushed out. But many days it feels like it's too dark, too much darkness. It's too powerful. Satan has a hold on these people's lives. It doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere. I feel like I'm talking to people and working with people and we're trying to care for people and it just keeps. And we start believing something that is very untrue that is if I start having a picture as if like darkness is rolling in, like a storm is rolling into my town and, all, and I just have to like hide in my bunker, hide in my shed, in my house and just like wait it out because it's too much. And Jesus says this great thing. Many days I wake up and I have to remember this verse. And I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, this is where he asks Peter who he is and he says, you're Christ. You're the one who's come to rescue, who's gonna do this work. He says, I will build, uh, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I think you have to understand that image. This isn't like Peter's hiding on a rock, right? He's, he's hunkered down in his shed in his backyard, and darkness is coming. He's like, please don't leak. Just get me through this storm. It's saying that there's hell. Darkness is in my town, and it's trying to hold back Jesus, it's trying to hold back light, and it can't. It can't. Light overcomes darkness. It's the first thing we hear about Jesus in the book of John. It says this light's coming and darkness cannot overcome it. And so we had to start, believe, we had to start uh, uh, telling ourselves, it's a lie that darkness owns my town. Darkness is like hanging out there. And it, when light starts coming in, it flees, it shrieks actually we hear in the book of Acts. And so not only is my brokenness and showing off Jesus within that good and powerful and brings joy, Not only is Jesus the one who heals me, but also that's a real power that actually can push back darkness and and nothing else is gonna. And so I have to keep remembering, like we're on the offensive. We're kicking down the gates of hell in our town and shining lights in dark places and turning the lights on in apartment buildings that have a lot of darkness and saying, guess what, there's light and darkness can't push this out. It's very, very, very good news. And lastly, just as Jesus tells us in John He's come, this thief has come to steal and kill and destroy this darkness, but he's more powerful and he's come to not just bring life, not just flick a light on, but bring an abundant life to these people. That's where we see the great joy. These, all these passages really just point us to this, tr- this reality that we saw in Philip. And so what we wanted to see is we wanted to see darkness in our city become uh, a, a vibrant, beautiful place. And we thought we would love to give the rest of our lives to seeing that. If, if not just in one corner of my neighborhood, I would love to see it. And what if a group of us together gathered to do that? And so we committed to this uh, thing about three and a half years ago, and we and we trying it. And we, we're broken, and we don't do things awesome, but we keep going. If nothing else, we rely on Jesus to fix us. We rely on our, our uh, honesty about our brokenness and Jesus healing us. We remember that we hold the power as the Spirit is with us to push back darkness And that we can bring life abundant, real joy to the people in our city. And so out of this, I just have a couple things that have been encouraging me. And what does it look like? From those things, what does it look like to bring darkness here as I kind of get to a point? First, I think in my place, I just want to encourage you with these things. I would say get scattered. It's like a cool way. I just want to use the verse. and It it means God's going to take you to a place, and he actually has taken you to a place. So maybe it wasn't because there was persecution where you were from, but but he moved you somewhere with certain people at a certain time in a certain place. He's given you people and a place and you get to bring that good news that brings great joy to those people. And so I encourage you to ask that question and even ask the question of like, am I resisting maybe being scattered? Some of you might be like on the edge of actually like, Getting pushed out, maybe pushed out stronger, graduating. Sorry, leaving soon. And you're thinking, where am I going to get scattered? Where's where that going to be? And, and what's the criteria of like how you decide that? Who the people are in the place? Is it just a job? Is it just who will employ you? Or is it just where it's comfortable? Or what is it? Where's God calling you to be scattered? There's people waiting to hear good news that will bring them great joy. And some of you are, are like, I'm, this is my thing. I have to stick around here. They, like they make me go to these things. And so, like, these are my people. Well, God's then placed you here with the people. Probably many people are right around right now. And so what does it look like to be someone who carries the death of Jesus with you, showing the goodness of God through that, pushing back darkness within your own life around the people that God has given you? For us, that meant that we were like, let's commit to the people in this community. Uh, A very practical way that changed for us in our life was that, Uh, We love to, like, try new restaurants and new things. We live in such a cool place that there's, like, food from around the world. And we said maybe instead of, like, always trying new stuff, we committed to going to the same places, which really isn't a sacrifice, right? To get, like, great burger and tots at a place in Columbia Heights isn't really, like, a sacrifice. It's not persecution, right? That's just me committing to going to Miller's. Highly recommend Miller's. I don't get free food for this, but go to Miller's talk to Julie, tell her that Drew sent you. So I go to Miller's a lot. It has burgers and tots. It's like, you know, I'm Big Papa, so I like my burgers and tots. Um, and uh, uh, I go there and, and I, we lo- I love it, right? It's really not a sacrifice, like I said, but it but it's, um, is in a way, because there's a lot of other things that'd be awesome to go to, but I go and we've been going for many years. We've lived in Heights for seven, eight years now. I go many years and uh, get to know Julie. And now we get these moments where it's not busy. And so Julie sits down and we talk about life and she asks how we're doing and she shares about her life. And like, I consider her a friend because I just go there a lot. And so I get the opportunity to go like, you know what, God gave me Julie and Miller's. And maybe instead of like looking for another cool new thing, Always, like, what's the next thing, or that seems more fun, or even my friends are all going to check out this this new place, this fusion Japanese thing that sounds really cool, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna go to Miller's because I want to keep getting to know her, and I want her to see our life, uh, and I want her to get to know me to a point where she sees that I carry death with me like she does, except that I have um, met life, and he has changed me, and uh, and so I encourage you that what does it look like to be people who. Uh, are scattered, and when you're there and you see darkness, we don't say, oh, that's dark. I got to get somewhere that's not so dark. But we go, actually, I'm carrying light with me. Let's change this place. I'd be encouraged to see what that looks like in your life. Secondly, I want to encourage us to be people uh, like Philip who gather around Jesus. This is a helpful reminder for me in my life. Uh, Jesus is not you (laughs) at all. Uh, I mean, theologically, right? We could talk we clothe ourselves in Jesus when God sees us we're in union with Christ but you're not Jesus. And so what does it look like to gather people where you are around Jesus and not you? Or maybe not your skills or maybe not even your cause or maybe not even your church or your ministry. What what does it look like for people to just to say hey the, we get together and we're trying to follow this Jesus together. That might even look like like working with other people who are trying to follow Jesus together that might look like it's not about me, it's about him, because he's the one who brings healing. He's the one who repairs and saves and renews lives. Um, uh, about eight years ago, um, I had open heart surgery. I was born with a valve that was, didn't work right. And so I hit the, the day that my cardiologist is like, it's time. And so I got to have, I got to have open heart surgery. Uh, and uh, he, He called me and asked me a lot of questions about what I preferred in the surgery, what techniques he'd like me to use, what valve he wanted me to replace. Uh, And I was like, I don't don't know anything about heart surgery. (laughs) Maybe you misunderstood me when I said, like, I'm a pastor. Like, I don't, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, just people like to know and they like to be involved. And I said, how about you do the heart surgery? Because you went to school, you know way more. And I'll do the, like, lay there and sleep while you do it. Uh, and I, like because if I did heart surgery on myself I'd die 100% 100 out of 100 times you die if you do heart surgery on yourself don't try it, it doesn't work and what we're saying here is we want to gather on the person who does heart surgery who heals us who changes hearts and not around me who can't do that if I sat with Julie and I tried to give her tips and tricks on life I would never be pointing her to the one who actually would bring her great joy And lastly, I think uh, depending on who you are, maybe this is easy, but I think we just need to enjoy. That word joy is in there. Enjoy this actual work. God is changing people around you. He's changing your life. it's, It's good to enjoy that. There's a sense sometimes of like, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep working. I think I start believing it is actually about me. And, and uh, I think there's a sense of like, let us, let us enjoy the change. In that, I, it doesn't tell us what happens in that moment in scripture in Acts 8, but I could imagine there was, when they say there's great joy in the city, something changed that was visible and, and obvious. Something miraculous had happened. And thankfully, Luke records it in the book of Acts. It says, this happened, and he's like, and then Philip went and did that more and more and more. He was very efficient buy his book. He'll tell you how to do this. He said, then there was like just joy finally, light. There's peace in a place. I want to encourage you to even stop to do that. That's what keeps changing us. We keep getting to experience and see the gospel changing people. And when you see that, you're going to be encouraged by that. The other day at our small group, we just went around and shared like, what's God been doing and it end, this doesn't always happen, but it ended with a lot of tears. Just hearing what God was doing in other people's life brought me like such joy. And we're crying over like things we didn't know God was doing, tiny things God was doing in the hearts of parents and people in our small group. And he went, if I hadn't stopped to enjoy this, I wouldn't have been, I'm changed by this. God is pushing darkness out of my life by being reminded that he is the one. And I encourage us to be people who enjoy Enjoy, enjoy. And and I'd encourage us lastly that I think this is a miraculous sign that people will see. And I would guess in many of your stories, if you have come to faith and you follow Jesus, part of it is that you saw the miracle of someone change. And you saw the miracle of a joy in someone in a time when it didn't make sense that they had joy. And that changed you. And you heard the joy in someone who was explaining how God was still with them and for them and loved them dearly. And even in their brokenness and the death they carried with them, God still came to them while they were a sinner and rescued them. And you went, I want some of that. And so what would it look like for us to be people in our cities and our places, this place you were called today, and you're gonna be called? What do it look like to be people who, who, the miracle the people around them see is not water turning into wine, but in fact, you changing you turning into someone who is alive. Uh, I think that joy, that contentment in the midst of suffering and carrying that death is something that's gonna change people around, especially we're in a culture and a time where that is, uh, seems far, far away. Um, that's my prayer. I wanna pray for us that we do people who would embrace us, be scattered, go to people, be I mean, people who gather around Jesus and not ourselves, be I mean, people who enjoy the good news and that joy, we would, we'd actually celebrate and enjoy it with each other so that it would continue to stir in us and grow in us. Let me pray for us uh, as, as we head out. Lord, thank you for your goodness that you do change lives. I pray right now, I know right now we're hurting, we're weary, we're broken in this room. We pray that you'd heal, that you'd bring life to death, that you'd change us. And Lord, more people would know you because they'd see us broken, weary sinners changed by you. Uh, I pray you'd use us to do that. We pray this in your good name. Amen. Have a great day. It's great to meet you.